Hello, and welcome back to the Between the Two Rows podcast. I'm your host, Floor Standers, alongside my co-host and brother, Lane Anders. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a special guest in the studio today. 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 I'm already tongue-twisted yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, today we have a guest in that uh, me and Force have known for quite some time. Uh, his name's Colin Sanders. I'll let him introduce himself if he wishes. Collins. What's, up? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. You can ask them how they're doing, but they're not going to answer you back. <laughs> they might. They might. <laughs> yeah, but no, Collins has been a good friend, family friend of ours, you know, growing up through baseball and everything like that. And uh, we want to dive into what he's got going on in his life right now. But uh, before that, let's just uh, – Lane, h- how long do you think you've known Collins? Uh, Too I'm long. 22, probably – uh, I'd say at least 16 years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Col- more, maybe yeah. less. I don't Okay, so Collins was in the grade between Lane and I, mm-hmm. which I, I I wanted to say this, but I'm not 100% positive. I know a lot of the people in your grade would play like one year of baseball with me, mm-hmm. and then like I would move up, yep. but then Lane would move up. So they yeah. would like – a lot of my friends played baseball with both me and Lane. Yep. Like talking about like Dakota. Like yeah. He, like he's played, I never thought of that. Yeah, a lot like the grade between us since we we're two grades apart. But anyways, yeah, so baseball, we've known him for seems like forever and yeah. known your family and everything like that too. And so. I was one of the younger ones in my class, so I was always like I would move up and if I played in 13 and 14, I'd always play with the 13-year-olds if we did all-stars or something because I was yeah. always the youngest guy pretty much up there. Yeah. But, Lane, were you one of yeah. the older guys in your class or one of the no, younger? No, younger. I mean, my birthday's in April, so pretty much everybody born, like, before December that was in my grade is the older, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was – yeah, I was definitely one of the older because I, yeah. so, I was so good at kindergarten. They wanted me to do it twice. Yeah. Did you actually get held back or did you start late? My mom and dad were like, you're good. Okay, so, like, I went in and was going to be, like, one of the youngest in my class. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, just to make sure, like, you pass. We're going – like, the first year Yeah, be just to make sure you right? pass kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah, so – yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, uh, actually, fun thing about the word kindergarten, it's spelled with a T, and I always thought it was a D. Like yeah. a garden, like a working garden? Yeah. That's what that, I thought. That's, that's on growing up in the South. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Collins, uh, besides like your operation and everything, you said you're still in school right now. Yes, yeah, so I'm uh, finishing up my last year of classes at Auburn. So yes, this sir. is my last semester in the fall. You know, I've been there for, this is my fifth year there, so... Uh, those are rookie numbers yeah bump those up. <laughs> uh, but yeah this is my last semester of classes in the fall and then uh in the spring i'll do my student teaching and then i'll hopefully be graduated so that's the plan student teaching what is your major in so it's in general science education so really that could be anything from you know chemistry to physics i mean you could even be a ag teacher if you wanted some places probably need it yeah for sure there's a big uh shortage of science teachers and stuff like that in the in the teaching field right now they're actually letting like emergency certification happen and uh you can go teach and then go back and get a degree like two you got like two to four years to get it maybe so that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's awesome you're doing that so what okay Uh, let me ask you this before you go do you know what level of uh, science you want to teach like high school middle school Def- yeah high school I okay. think I mean I'll teach it's like funny the way uh my dad's told me that I need to go about it he says you need to teach whatever you can he's like yeah. if they offer it to you you say yes sir and you take yep. it so or yes ma'am so yeah I've heard so that. wherever I can get a job is where I'm gonna you know what age group I'll teach well, yeah going back uh I don't know if Lane had it but I actually I actually had your dad as a history teacher I guess mm-hmm. it was my freshman year yeah I did too I was in AP history. I didn't belong there by any means. I think that was the only AP courses I took was history. 
But yeah, so we all, I, you did have his dad? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I had him for, I didn't, it was like my 11th grade year, though. I didn't take advanced uh, history classes. I, I guess. got you. Yeah. Yeah. So with, I remember. Obviously, you've been here in Hartsville. So what is the situation like with like the COVID stuff? Are you online or how are you doing that, managing to do that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm all online from Auburn right now due to COVID and stuff. Like, because right. uh you know family's really important and my grandma is really important to me um so i didn't want to put them like at risk because i still want to see them and stuff so yeah. right i thought the best thing to do would just be to stay home take all online classes and help out on the farm and stuff so yeah see like i know like last spring for me like even i still live in Hartsel, but i have to drive to school it was as crazy as the pandemic and everything's been, it was kind of a blessing for me to be able to work more and be yeah. with my family and stuff more. Plus, and your drive every day wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it, what forty five minutes. If you longer? if you leave early enough, yeah, but yeah. So I was able to like do stuff and then like do my schoolwork on my own time. You know, my schedule wasn't built around school, which, you know, mom probably isn't the biggest fan of that. You know, yeah. education comes yeah. first. But yeah, I yeah, wish that was my motto the whole time. I probably wouldn't be in school anymore. But yeah, that's exactly, true. But. I don't know. I've I've changed majors, and now I'm just, like, trying to push through to the end. Yeah. I think uh, when I met with my advisor, because I changed my major, too, after a year and a half, I was going to do nursing, but found out real quick, I, you know, <laughs> blood needles aren't for me. So, yeah. Uh, but I was talking to her, and I was kind of, like, upset about it because I felt like, you know, I was letting my parents down or something for changing yeah. and wasting time. She was like, would you believe that the average student changes majors three times in their college career? I was like, no, but that makes me feel a lot better. So Yeah. yeah. Well, let me see. I'm on my third now. Yeah, this dude, is- imagine if you were still doing poultry science. Be a chicken farmer. Well, that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Like, I want – no, I, don't get me wrong. I wanted to do poultry science, but I wanted to do, like, the feed mill side of it. Okay, yeah. But, like – because, I like, growing up, we spent a lot of time at feed mills and stuff like that with Dad. But just thinking about – that now like blows my mind that at one time that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I mean, I get that's just the way life works. What mm-hmm. is, uh, what's his name in the Eagles? Dad's going to kill me for not remembering his name, but he said like looking back at life or looking at life is like a jumbled up mess of chaos. But then in the end, it looks like a perfect painted picture. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. every single, it's just crazy how it works. Yep. And being young, it's important. I think, and uh, like talking to y'all, I know y'all realize it too. It's just like, I think COVID has, you know, brought it to a lot of people's attention that life is too short to, you know, not focus on what's really important. Yeah. Like I want to make a lot of money. Like obviously nobody's like, yeah, I don't want to make money. Like I want to have a lot of money, but you know, time with family and friends is the most important thing in the world. Oh Yeah. Like hearing stories and stuff with COVID that people realized, you know, like doing the nine to five and pushing the time clock and like realizing like when the structure breaks, like who are you doing this for? You know? Yeah, I mean, if sure. you can do something you love, you know, and be able to get by with it, I mean, what's the point in it? Yeah. But yeah. going back, uh, when we were down there for Lane's graduation a couple of weeks ago, when was that? Yeah, it that was, was May. It was in, no, your graduation. Oh, I'm when, sorry. It was in August sometime. Yeah, uh, we were there. and uh, I don't remember. I was supposed to graduate in May, but they pushed it back. All of Lane's buddies had, like, their uh, school of business-like stuff, like, draped around their necks, like, on top. What did you wear? What was that called again? Your thing you wear? Do you know a is cord? It a tassel or something? Or, no, it's a cord that. No, I know that, but what is the suit called? The whole thing. You you had like some oh, oh drapes, cap no. and gown. Yes, well, like cap, and gown, cap and gown. But Lane was using some word to regalia, something to make him look smart. Oh, regalia. <laughs> so Anything. everybody like Harrison and them had on their like school of business, blah blah blah. And Lane, <laughs> Lane like grabbed this medal out of his truck and was wearing it around there. 
and like Rip, eh? and I was looking I was like uh-huh. what is that and he goes he goes he just like acted like he didn't hear me and somebody else asked him he's like intramural champs baby yes sir and, I saw that I commented on his yeah, Instagram hey we well, spent some time down there doing, yeah having you, some you fun. were part of that team weren't you I Collins? was yes sir yeah so these you, hey, we torched the competition <laughs> <laughs> Lane and Collins were on the same intramural team down there at Auburn and I mean evidently it's a pretty big honor to Campus a, champs, not just dude, independent, but we beat the frat too. How many champs. uh how many people do you think participate in intramurals? Dude, uh, it was it's a lot of people. No, it, it is a I, I don't want to say majority, but I mean there were a ton of at There's Auburn University, the people, people that compete in intramural. Dude, sports you had to like absurd. for softball, you can correct me, but there's like let's give an example. There's like thirty two teams, like thirty two mm-hmm. slots to sign up. And uh, there's, like, a certain day and time you're allowed to sign up to, like, mm-hmm. get that. There's, like, time slots throughout the week. And yeah. so, like, on Tuesdays, there's, like, three or four time slots, maybe more. But um, it was just crazy how many people tried to sign up. You had to be, like, on your computer, like you were signing up for classes to get the spot you wanted. Yeah, if, if registration opened at 8 o'clock, you can bet by, you know, 9 o'clock that slot's going to be filled. And then yeah. you're on the wait list. And then... Um, I worked with campus uh, recreation down there for uh, three and a half years. So it was always, man, there's no telling. We would play because we didn't play on Fridays, but Monday through Thursday, we're playing four games or yeah, four games or six for football, six games, four hours a night. So yeah, there's a lot of teams. It's it's a, it's a lot. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to win. Well, You got to think about it. Like going to college, like how many People are well, going there to, was like I think there's like thirty thousand students at Auburn. Right, but you think and about it like all the high school athletes that rock, that don't go to the collegiate level to play, but yeah. were like decent athletes, and yeah. you go down there and it's just school, school, school. And they all took that L. Yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> Got hey, the smoke. Uh, it's like Baker Mayfield when he was at Texas Tech. Yeah, he, he was playing intramurals, and the next year he was on the team. That's eh? right. That I'm is surprising right, none yeah. of us. If we would have, you know, had more free time, we probably would have yeah. got on Auburn. Yeah. If, if Gus would ever come and watched us, dude, right. I don't know, but there were some, there were some really good people that played. Too bad they didn't have like a Fortnite intramural team. Yeah, Lane and Davis probably would have been better. Oh, than the back in the day. I don't, I don't play too much anymore. But anywho, well, Collins, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on now. Lane and I've been talking about it, you know. Not necessarily we we've pondered the idea before, but never really taken the leap of faith. And I think it's awesome what you're doing, and like to the listeners too. I think it's like a great opportunity for people. So tell us a little bit about what yes, you got going on. Yes, for sure. So um, you know, we've my grandpas and me and my dad have always raised cows, but most of the time, you know, we would get ourselves one process per year, mm-hmm. and that's what my family like. We never we've never bought meat from the grocery store because I like you know. I'm biased, but I say our quality is better and you're saving money because it's our own. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was kind of that whole thing. Well, we've always normally just sold calves to the sale barn, but back, I guess it was March. We had uh, our preacher from church and then somebody that had found my dad from buying hay from him or something. He's like, Hey, can I get a calf from y'all? So dad's like, yeah, man, for sure. So it kind of got the ball rolling because I went with dad. We picked it up and I was like, man, on the way back, I said, dad, we should do this like as a business, like we mm-hmm. should sell calves right. to people like in the community and help them get like the same quality of beef we're eating, but saving them that money from the grocery store exactly. because people are often tricked. They go to the grocery store. They're like, man, they're charging me an arm and a leg for this. These farmers are ripping me off. And the real, you know, story to that y'all know as well as I do, 
farmers aren't the ones that are getting it. It's the packing plants and stuff yeah. like that because they're just jacking the price up. And oh yeah, oh yeah, they're getting their fair share of for sure. Which I mean, everybody's got to make a dollar, and I, you know, I yeah. feel that. But right, my goal was just uh, find somehow to get the community, especially because you know, like Hartzell means a lot to me, and I wanted to give the people around here the same quality that we get at a fair price. So yep. that's what right. I try to do. And, uh, man, it's called on like wildfire. We've already sold, I think it was seven or 20 that we've already sold through three months. Three, we'll have three slaughters. We had one, uh, or should I say harvesting? Yeah. Slaughter, <laughs> slaughter's a little, uh, gruesome, but we had some in June and then we had some in August. We have more in October. And then in March, we have like 25 calves that are ready. And of those, we're already filling slots. we got like 13 slots filled already. So, man, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like you said, like growing up, I've always, I didn't realize it until I got older, but I always took for granted, you know, like on the farm. So, like, you know, our family, our close family, not just like me, you, mom, and dad, but our close family, like we every time we need it, we would put a calf up. Yeah. And, you know, steak to ground beef like everything we had it there and you know the quality like you're saying is so much better when you can like pick exactly what you want you can mm-hmm. get a little bit thicker steak you can do this you can do that sure. and I always took for granted and then but I always go I go to the grocery store just like everybody else for mm-hmm. other stuff and seeing the price of meat and it, yep. it will blow your mind like what what you're paying for a steak everybody listening right now you know what I'm talking about paying for a steak and then knowing what we get on the other end for taking, yep. you know, an 800-pound calf to the stockyard. And I'm not I'm not griping at the stockyard or anything like that. They've got to make money and things like that. But it's just, like, so now, like, calves from the south and all across the country, they go through this pipeline, basically, where they go to the Midwest, they get fed, then they go to the packer. And by the time it comes to the grocery store back here, it's already been... Through, like, 10 people's hands. I mean, yeah. that might be a little over the top right but, but i mean it's, every single one of those people are trying to make money as well and yeah. so like what collins is doing um i think cutting out the middleman is saving everybody money it's yep. yeah, exactly and you're you're getting an, a little bit better price for your mm-hmm. livestock too yeah. and it's it's yep. crazy you know that's the way things used to be things that were grown in this area yeah and it's even crazy people used to like raise one or two calves themselves a year and everybody had their own little like five cows in the pasture and they would all provide their own meat yeah and uh i think there's probably a lack of butchers nowadays too i don't man yeah covid i think has you know because this i kind of had the idea as that was starting to take effect Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen any shutdowns or any shortages like that but it was kind of starting to get to that point and i guess that kind of had a little influence on it but i think people have started to realize we can't depend as much on a grocery store to have yeah. our, like, you know, our meat or whatever we need, chicken, or toilet whatever. Paper. Toilet paper, yeah. I mean, for, I guess, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you have to go make your own toilet paper, but yeah, yeah for you, sure. Like, every, everybody's like invested in this system. Yep. And like, the soon, it's like Jenga. As soon as you pull that one block and the whole thing comes down, like, what yep. do you, what do you have at the end of the day to take care of yourself and your family? Yeah. I've, I've had seen t- a ton of people start growing gardens and stuff I, like yeah, that. Yeah, and too. I've had a ton of friends ask me. They're like, hey, like I've had this land, you know, like our family land. We've like rented it out or doing something. I'm thinking about putting some cows on it, you know, that way I can have my own meat. And, you know, if something crazy like this does happen, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm not relying on somebody else. Yeah, for sure. I think it pushed a lot of people to be more self-sufficient, like you said. And yeah. uh, one thing we've had that, you know, discourages some people in a way is they'll be like, man, that's like a lot of money at one time. And I'm like, well, yeah, like I, totally, I, I mm-hmm. get that. But you got to think of it. It's like it's like you're going to the grocery store for your meat that you do once a week, but you're doing that for a year in one trip. 
Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting. I'll show you where it ate. I'll show you what it ate. I'll show you where it drank water. Yeah. Like, and I didn't inject this with any hormones. No, you know, none of that nasty stuff. Because you take them to a feed yard, they're putting steroids, all kinds of stuff, because they get paid by how fat it is. Yeah. However much weight's on it, they're getting paid. They don't care the quality of the animal. And it's it's just like the chicken industry. Like, their profit is how quick they can get an animal yep. to that size. For yeah. sure. The quickest way they can get it there, the better off they're going to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. But see, I tried to do, I was doing some math in my head the other day, and I was like, I was like, man, like, I know this pencils out some way. And now, granted, these were like rough numbers, but by the time you bought your second calf, even if you bought a deep freeze to hold that, it's already like paid for itself. Oh, by for the, sure. Like yeah. Even if you buy a set, like if you've got a large enough family, mm-hmm. right, and if you buy like a pretty expensive deep freeze, like by the time, like it may be even quicker than that. Like yeah. I was just rough estimate. Yeah. By the time you do that twice, it's already paid for itself. Yeah. For sure. Well, I know the one thing whenever we put up a calf and uh, we fill one or two deep freezes, depending on how many. But uh, a big thing for me is like you want steak, you can have steak for like two months every night. Yep. No problem. For sure. Um, for sure. And, you know, you don't have to go to the grocery store. All you got to do is get sides figured out. And, and so I just like going, being able to go to the deep freeze and yes. thaw it out 30 minutes and you're ready to roll. Uh-huh. And my grandma, uh, my grandmommy, uh, Jan Corum, husband of Jim Corum. That's, that's a side story, but uh, just a little <laughs> background right there. Um, she cooks so much, man, and we'll keep it cause she's got two deep freezers in her basement. And as much as she cooks, we'll no joke, my family, like an extended family, obviously, cause she's cooking for, if you, you know. Yeah. Anybody oh, yeah. who will sh- come through the door, they've got a place to stay. And right. They've got a meal, hot meal ready. And we'll probably run through two calves a year because, yeah. I mean, and that is a ton of meat. But, you know, we're, we're meat eaters and yeah, farmers. Exactly. So, I mean, we've got it. So we don't, and we don't have to spend the money. All we got to pay for is processing yeah. in that situation. So, and the processors, like Lane was going back to what he was saying, is, man, they're so booked up because that we like, we depend on those big processors and stuff like grocery stores and stuff like that, the industrial size. And like, that's good. That's great. Like, but these like little home home own processors that we have around here, mm-hmm. man, they're so booked out cause they don't, they don't have the room. They don't have the help. Yeah. And like they're right. booked out till next year. Like most of them that, are next June, next, next September. That's what dad, crazy. Called, dad called one the other day. Cause we, surprise surprise we were starting to run low on some meat and dad mm-hmm. called one and you know it's usually a couple of weeks something you know yeah, like for that sure. and uh just our local one down the road they were like uh yeah we got an opening uh next may and dad's dad's like do what and i was like, like dude force we gotta learn how to butcher our own calves yeah but they're, like, they're this like, ain't gonna cut they're it. like no uh next may is our is our next opening that we have right now and he's like well that calf's not even born yet no, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> plan but ahead it's, it's crazy like how how well they're doing locally you know and marketing wise and everything stuff people like stuff that they know where it's grown where it's taken care of like everything that's done and everyone's pretty much gotten away from that at this point so it's good to see some people lean back toward that yeah it's great back to what you just said about how it's taken care of to me that is the biggest thing because yes these calves are going to be eaten but their life up till that point doesn't have to be bad. Yeah. Like they need to be like, we treat them like royalty, you know, like pets, oh, yeah. they're eating. Yes. They're eating the best food. They're getting fed three times a day. They're, they got clean water, like hay all the time. And you go to these feed yards and they're like, it's just a dirt patch and they've got concrete troughs and they have water and dirt and yeah. feed. 
and yeah. they're they're boxed up yeah too, so. and they have nowhere to walk around and stuff and yeah. just a big thing that i've noticed and this i you know i pay attention when i take a calf to the processor because we've been taking them all over because it's really whoever we can get in with first mm-hmm. i watch how they treat them because if they treat them poorly right before they're slaughtered or harvested they're gonna release a lot of adrenaline and yeah. that meat's gonna be tougher and it might not be a big difference but to me as like you know someone who's selling you a product and i yeah, want it right. to be as good as it can be i want them to be you know pretty calm when they're like not expecting what's gonna happen i don't want to yeah. get them riled up and get their adrenaline going because that's gonna taint the meat a little bit mm-hmm. and that's just and that's that is a big determining factor if i use a processor again if i see them mistreat them i don't go back so yeah that talk going back to the uh the feedlots and stuff you know farming and everything i uh back i support farming you know like across the board but that is probably one of the most difficult things that i like if somebody asked you somebody would have come up to me and you know tell me that we treat animals wrong that's probably one of the biggest things i have difficulty defending mm-hmm. yeah and basically, like, over, I've thought hours and hours on it, and the only thing that I can come up with is, you know, like, as, as a society, you know, a specialized society, you do your one job, and everything else is taken care of. You get compensated for that, and then what you do, you buy your things. Yeah. And, like, the only thing I can come up with is just the demand that we put on it, right? So we, you're, to bring the price down, even though the prices aren't low, but to bring the price down, you can only do that through scale, yeah. right? Everything yeah. to scale. For sure. And that's it. It's the videos and stuff that you see of the feedlots and stuff are mm-hmm. like, even as a farmer, sometimes they're hard to watch. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just, and I've I had a friend that went to school with me, you know, he was like from a big city. And he said, like, one day, like, they just wanted to see what one was like. And he said it was just like the worst thing he'd ever seen. Yeah. But then, like, you think about, you know, the quality of life and stuff like my voice cracks so bad, but, like the quality of life and stuff of animals like that. And it's and I had to sit there and try to defend it. And, I, yep. you know, I just told yeah. him, you know, like the society we live in puts such a demand on bringing the price of yep. stuff down that that's the system that we've gone to yeah. to do stuff like that. Yeah, I think that pushes people even more toward, you know, talking to Collins and uh, there's other people that do it if Collins isn't in your area to to reach out to somebody local and see if they'll, you know, try to do something like he's doing because, like he said, I mean, you treat him just like you would your dog or your pet or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to see that calf be as stress-free, stress-free just as you would your dog whenever you get home or whatever. For so. sure. Oh, yeah. I, I want to lighten the mood a little bit. So yeah, there's something funny in there. We all went to the same high school. I'm not going to mention the gentleman's name just in case he still works there, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But I got – one that I, I'm not 100% positive is true, and the second one I'm 100% positive is true. All right, let's hear, so hear we, it. We had a custodian. Not, I'm going to come up with a name. His name was John. Okay. All right? uh, Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, this yeah. May, This is a fake story, by the way, if you work at Hartsell High School. <laughs> but a uh, guy had longer hair, older guy, you know, and the rumor was, I don't know if y'all heard this rumor, but supposedly he was the backup drummer for Def Leppard. Okay. I never heard that one. Okay, that that's what that's what we all. I'd only heard it because you said it a little. Okay, like, because he had like ago. a nicer truck, and supposedly now I don't know if this came out of his mouth, somebody else's mouth, but he had like money. He just was a custodian. To stay yeah, he busy. did it for yeah. yeah. He did it to have something to do. I definitely heard he. Yeah, had, because he was always in a good mood. One of the nicest guys. Yeah, yeah, super sure. nice guy. Especially be a high school custodian with what you yes. have to put up with. Because yeah. you got a bunch of okay. buttholes up now, there. <laughs> now this one I know is true. So not a friend of mine, but I knew the guy, like a rougher guy, like in my class, walked up to 
what was his name? John. Said guy. Yeah. 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 Walked up to him one day and was like, Hey, Hey John. He's like, uh, he's like, I don't have any more cigarettes. Can you give me a cigarette? Cause the custodian like would go on a smoke break or whatever. And he's like, well, son, he's like, I can't give you a cigarette here on school. So he pulled out his pack and threw one on the ground and walked off. <laughs> and oh, that, that did happen. Yeah. That did happen. But I, don't, I don't know about the Def Leppard thing, but that's, that's kind of like a myth. What, what band is it? Is It's one, something like, that sounds like Def Leppard that had a one-armed drummer. There was, is it Def Leppard? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard that, but I don't know which band it is. But then, like one band had a blind drummer too. Yeah, and no this, way. this shows yeah. how uh, uncultured we are and how young we yeah, are. I mean, even sure. though we feel young, we're still old. But we, yeah, and, and that's only what like probably a seventies or something. Def Leppard. Is it Def Leppard? Yeah. Awesome. That is yes, crazy. But supposedly this custodian was like the backup drummer. Hey, well maybe he got he just got a, a prosthetic name, arm and started working his, out. Hard his name's high. Rick Allen. That's not the custodian's name. That's the drummer's name. I think name. you meant uh, yeah. John. Yeah. No, John. no, no, no. This guy. No, I'm just messing with you. The but, the the first string drummer is named Rick Allen. Okay. Well, I've I've tried to look it up before and I couldn't find it, but you know I I, I want to believe it's true. Yeah, I, hey, I really if we want, just don't look it up. We assume yeah. it's true. So if you went to Hartsville High and the, he was the backup drummer for Def Leppard. That's awesome. But yeah, so going back to like the the Packers and stuff like that, there's. I've heard dad preach about this, you know, f- until the, the cows come home, talking about the big four. There's there's four big packers in the United States, and they literally pack – I looked it up. It's about 80% of the beef in the whole United States. And there's even some uh, – there's a couple – there's a lawsuit right now against them saying there's conspiracy to uh, manipulate yep. price and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know one of them that, dad, that gets dad fired up is talking about – it wasn't last year. I think it was year before last or something. One of the Packers had a fire in their freezer. First of all, Dad's like. First of all, think of that fire. Yeah, first in the of freezer. all, Dad's like, how, not how saying do, it's impossible. Dad's like, how does that happen? It'd be hard to do. But you'd have to try to do it. Yeah. yeah but the second one, Dad was like, okay, so the price literally tanked on livestock. And it, if you don't know, livestock or in this area are traded on the Chicago Board of Exchange. I mean, it's a market price moves just like a stock, which. I, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it does. But when that Packer had that fire, the price just tanked because I, I forgot what their thing was. But it's just the market's so sensitive to news and things like that. And like even back in, uh, I guess it was February or March when when I can't talk when COVID first came out, the prices tanked with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and it's, it's bad news. Always hurts. Yeah, but it's crazy that these like four main Packers have so much control over the cattle industry and what yep. comes through and comes out on the other end. You know, yeah, it's, I mean, when, if you're in a situation like that, it's like a monopoly, you know, like they know that all these grocery stores, you know, Walmart, Kroger, Publix, they all are really tied to them because nobody has the resources that they have and nobody has yeah. the processing or yeah, uh, nobody can do it at the yeah, scale. Nobody has they the can. production capabilities. So they're like, if we charge this, they got to pay this. Yeah. And that's just how it is. So when they charge that, Walmart says, well, we hate to do it, but price goes yeah, up I mean, and people it, it, get upset. And Walmart's got to make money, too. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to make money, and, you know, it all starts from the... Yeah, you hate to go to the, the grocery store and pay $5 for one pound of ground beef, mm-hmm. but people did it, and people probably still are some places. Yep. Yeah. I was also, after looking up that about the, uh, the big four, I was looking up uh, some of the byproducts of cattle, which... I had known of several of them. Like when you think of a calf, you know, 
you can maybe talk about dressing weight and stuff a little bit more about what percentage of it actually goes to meat mm-hmm. and what is left over. But uh, this article was saying that, you know, this may be wrong. You can correct me, but it was about 65% or 60-something 60, 60 percent is what you take home meat-wise. But over 95% of that animal is used. Mm-hmm. Is Some used. shape or way, yeah. yeah. Right. And it was talking about some of the byproducts. So leather, everybody knows of that. Yep. Uh, gelatin from connective tissue is used in gum. And even, really? Even jello is Yummy. used in that. Uh, ointments and stuff for burns and first aid. Yep. Uh, anti-rejection drugs. You know, like if you get an organ transplant, you know your body's trying to reject it. The, wow, I didn't, never the, thought about some that. Some of the anti-rejection drugs are used from uh, beef. Uh, I didn't know that either. Uh, some types of insulin. So they have like synthetic insulin and then they have, uh, I guess you would say, what would you use? Like bioinsulin or something? Maybe? Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm talking about you're above my head here. I don't want to say anything wrong. Uh, dog food and dog bones, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, laundry pretreatment, which one I didn't know of, uh, enzymes from livestock are used for laundry pretreatment to break down, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. Get them grease stains out. Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Uh, Some fatty acids are used in toilet paper to make it softer. Uh, Cow hooves and horns are used in a lot of, uh, what is it, like makeup and stuff like that. What would you call that? I've heard that Cosmetics. Cosmetics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'd heard that, like mascara and stuff. has like a bunch of that in it. Um, Dish dish soap. I don't even speak English. Dish, Dish <laughs> dish one more time. Soap has uh, beef fat in it to keep your hands soft. Oh, uh, candles have beef fat in it as well to make them last longer. Yeah. Uh, some printing inks have cattle fat in it, and uh, binding agents in asphalt have some beef fat in it to help well. them bind better. And that's just some of them. Like this article went oh, on yeah. and oh, on for and sure, on. For sure. But you know, there's not that much of that animal that goes to waste at all. Like a lot of people think, oh, you just eat this and like, and there's a, there's, you know, the big like vegan movement too, you know, yeah. people coming at you, you know, saying that you're just going out there and killing all the animals sure. and stuff. I mean, if there's something of the animal that gets wasted, you know, that hurts your pocket, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just trying to say, you know, sustainability, which goes to what Collins is doing. So I don't know. I mean, it's just a, it's just a great thing that you're doing. And, you know, we've talked about doing stuff and. I think it's awesome what you're doing, you know? Yo, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, it's kind of like uh, the Creek, in- or not just Creek Indians, but I guess my family is from Creek, the Creek Indians. But, you know, when the Indians would uh, hunt buffalo, they used every part of the buffalo. There was nothing yeah. they didn't use. They had some use for everything. And as like as we do that for beef, too, it's encouraging because, like y'all said, you know, people that argue, well, you know, I guess the vegan vegetarian and there's nothing, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Yeah. But that's the way we've kind of combated that or whatever, because we're getting the maximum production out of that calf. We're not just killing it for the meat. There's so many things that everyone uses that we're getting back from it. So it's not just people that like meat. You know, if you use makeup, like you said, anything that a lot of people do, there's that's going into it. So, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And Lane and I have talked about it in like a, a previous episode like so the big word is like carbon sequestration so like the grass that's growing in the pastures taking co2 out of the atmosphere and just mm-hmm. putting it into the soil 
and you know we went we got a fire lit under us about the burger king ad you know because we didn't care for that too much oh goodness but you know the the cattle the cattle manure is going back into the grass and fertilizing the grass and it's just a it's a very cyclical system you know Mm -hmm. and we're just taking the meat off the cattle and then but the system just keeps going yeah for sure and it's it's great that you're you're selling to our community and they're given that where you can reinvest that and put that into that and make it a better mm-hmm. process and make it a little bit larger yeah, and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. I wanted to, I guess I, I have a, not really a couple of questions, just some like some background questions. Um, I know with us, like, uh, you know, we cut hay in the summertime and then we grow some of our own grains and we mix that together. And, you know, there's certain different concoctions that we go from year to year trying to make our feed program better. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious what y'all's feed program is, I guess, for the wintertime or year-round? or Yeah, for sure. So all summer, and, you know, me and my dad, the past few years, we cut hay all summer. Yeah. And we're, if we fertilize and maximize it, you know, we're trying to get three to four cuts per field. We don't know anything about being in hay fields all summer, do we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, and I know y'all have no clue, never done that before. <laughs> nah, y'all are uh, way more upscale than we are. Y'all doing the plastic and stuff like that. I've always thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, we're, especially cause I mean, uh, my business partner, Trey, he's out there too with us sometimes, but a lot of times, man, it's just me and dad and it's always balls to the wall, man. Yeah. We're going full speed all the time. And, uh, we like to, you know, consider we probably run on average cause my dad's really conservative with grass. Mm-hmm. He's always like, we gotta have, gotta have grass. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I so, think every single person and, uh, that grows cattle. I mean, not to get into acreage or anything, but he's like, you gotta have two and a half acres per calf. Yeah. Which if you do research, you can say one and a half to two acres, but yeah. that's conservative. And different that. parts of the country is yeah, way sure. different. Yeah. Well, like, even even here, depending on the year, you know, yeah. sometimes you could put sure. one acre a calf and then sometimes mm-hmm. you need five just depending on what kind of, what type of year it is. Yeah. yeah. So let's say we average we have like maybe seventy five to eighty mama cows. So then you gotta think of their babies too. So go ahead and think of the mama cows. We wanna have four bales of hay per cow. Yeah. to get through the winter okay. because winter there's no you know there's no there is grass but it's dying you know mm-hmm. so that just to be safe on the safe side that's what we like to do and then a couple for the calves and stuff like that and then right now i think we run four bulls so yeah you got to think the same way maybe even five bells for the bulls yeah and i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into your bull here or a, oh, a, a new bull i hope yeah i was hoping we'd get into that we'll get into that. talking about the summer and being in the hay what what do you like better do you like the summer on the farm or the winter on the farm not not just from climate talking about the work that goes into the summer versus the work that like goes what, into the what winter do you enjoy more it's i mean because I, I, I hate the heat and the humidity here in alabama is yeah. miserable but man the fields are so pretty yeah i, I mean there's are. nothing like driving out on top of and a field get, and just watching the and it gets nasty grass. during the winter, winter time when it comes feeding, to cattle i'll I preferred the summer. Granted, mm-hmm. you are working like crazy, yep. but the cattle are happy, and there's not a whole. Now, granted, if you're if you're dropping calves or something, it's different. But there's not a whole lot that they need during yep. the summer, as long yeah. as you've got grass. But well, soon, besides fixing fences, because well, summertime they that's, always that's, yeah. a, that's, that's when a year it's round time to do it. That's yep. a year round thing. That's but like during the winter, you know, it's you're out there, you're taking care of them. It's cold, it's yep. snowing, well, mm-hmm. rarely snowing here in Alabama. But it's okay, thirty five degrees and raining. Snowing, it's yeah. cold enough. Yeah, it's thirty five degrees raining. and raining. And yes. when they're that cold and wet, they're consuming food to make energy to stay warm. And mm-hmm. you've got you've got to be out there when it's miserable and you don't 
and it's it's just awful. And yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Well, y'all know just like me when you you know you put your hay rings at a spot, that spot is going to be disgusting. Yeah. And I'm talking like knee deep mud and yeah. poop and oh, you whatever. Just, you smells just terrible. Back so many Man. So there. you know you get your uh, tractor, you get your bale on the front of it. Then you get it over to the hay ring. Well, guess what you got to do now? You got to get out and cut the string. Or the, we use yeah. the net wrap. You got to cut yeah. the net wrap off. So it, it wasn't long. We just switched to net wrap just here uh-huh. recently. And before that, we were using plastic twine. So, mm-hmm. you know, grass twine, you know, you can leave. It's made from grass. Yeah. So you could leave it on there and right. they'll be fine. But we were using plastic because it held up a little bit better if you mm-hmm. were to carry some hay over to the next year. And, man, getting out there. There's Dude, I'm no, not kidding. there's no telling how much plastic twine I've had in my hands growing up. There was there was certain places where we were feeding. I remember we've put out like 15 rolls a day, or not a day. Let's a say week. 15 rolls at a time, and we had we have done that more than once a week at that certain place. But and that that was before we started changing things up because yeah. obviously we that was not going to work mm-hmm. for that. We had to start investing in like newer technology and stuff yeah. like that. But like Lane said, we were taking dry hay out there and I think dad figured it up like in one month, we put out like 60 rolls at one farm mm-hmm. in a month. I don't doubt And it. that's when we were like, things have got to start changing where mm-hmm. we started investing into like the haylage stuff. Yeah. And then, well, before we even did that, we bought that mixer mm-hmm. and we were putting in like uh, different ing- grain and stuff like that just to stretch our hay out because we weren't gonna have enough hay i yeah. mean so y'all got a mixer yeah we do Uh-oh. i think yeah. we got a couple Uh-oh. of that they've had some from uh back in the day too. yeah i have found some boys that are gonna help me mix up my own feed concoction uh-huh. yeah that's i've been trying to get my hands on one i know uh y'all's uncle mm-hmm. had one and it be- a belt broke on it because my dad was going to talk to him about buying that one but man like y'all are saying and stuff i'm always looking for better ways to feed and stuff like that and i mean in the winter it's just miserable but um and when it comes to actual feed, I go all over the place, man. Yeah. We go, we yeah. were going to Hillsboro, mm-hmm. and I try out all their feeds and stuff. And uh, I've had a couple of processors I've talked to refer me to a CPC feed. It's called CPC Grower. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's I like think thir- I think I think the co-op actually yeah, carries it there in Hartsville. And it's thirteen percent protein. You can get fourteen percent. Yeah, but I mean they jump it up like. 40 bucks for that one percent yeah. i'm like oh ah, yeah you know the grass is good yeah but uh yeah the dad had like an older horizontal mixer that we had used that i'd seen used and we it had, it had broken down i think it's still broke at this point no problem no we fixed it we fixed it that's the biggest lie i've ever told we fixed it because we used it this summer yeah but so we were using that and it was down and we'd kind of gotten away from doing that well then so it was actually the fall that I moved back home, and that was when Dad's like, "We got to do something." So he, he bought a vertical mixer, which dairy guys are like, "Why are you even saying that? Like it's so obvious." Well, I know what that means, but the screw in it is vertically instead of horizontally. It's a little more aggressive. So that's when we started adding ingredients, just trying to stretch our feed. And one of the things we actually started using—I don't think it was that year—but we were buying what they call brewers grain. Mm-hmm. It was the byproduct of a, a beer plant somewhere in Georgia, but it was like all the grain and stuff they use for making beer. Okay, and so was, what comes out of it? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It, so we were using that for a while, and then we start. That's when we got into the haylage stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has been, even though I could care less about it, sometimes is probably the best thing that's happened to our cattle stuff, where you know we're able to 
we actually plant our forage crop in the fall and then we cut all of our hay in one week. Yeah. Now no, that, now all that, of our silage or haylage we do right. in a week. Yeah. But that is the craziest week you've oh, ever seen. Man. I'm sure it's six or, you know, as soon as the sunrise till sun is down and you got tractor lights. Yeah. People run in like crazy because time is money there because that mm-hmm. hay is drying and you're trying to get it right between the right moisture to where, yes. it, where it'll ferment but not spool if mm-hmm. it's too high moisture. If it's too dry, you're not getting the forage value out of it. But that has probably been the best thing that we've done because, like yeah. you said, with the cows, we used to spend what seemed like our entire summer in a hay field. Oh, yeah. Just getting your brains beat out by coyote mm-hmm. holes and yep. raining, not raining. It's just yeah. madness. And if I'm not mistaken, y'all tell me about this because I don't even know. The plastic, can you, if y'all are wrapping it in plastic, can you do it at any uh, moisture level or does it matter? You can do it at any moisture level. I forgot exact. I'll have to. I have like to, sixty or something. Is that right? Is that way too think, high? I think I yeah. think we shoot for like between forty five and sixty. Okay. And okay, we actually yeah. we actually go on the lower end a little bit. Yeah, just to sure. be safe for because sure. the first time we did it, we did put some up too wet. Right. I think we got a little too aggressive and actually put some <laughs> up while it was raining. Yeah. Which is, well, we had to get it up. So yeah. We didn't well, have a yeah. Choice. Yeah. But we go a little bit on the lighter end of that. Mm-hmm. Just, you may be losing a little bit of food quality, but it's right. not like you're losing a crop to right, it. Right, right. But, yeah, and it's the the way the cow, it smells so good. Yeah, it's sweet. Like, it's literally it sweet. sweet smell. And mm-hmm. they, like, so if you put a dry bale out, you know, they'll they'll eat the majority of it, but then there's some and they leave a mess. Like yeah. Oh, seemed, they tear it apart. They make beds out of it. Um, yeah. They'll scratch all over it if you don't put a ring on it fast enough. But it seems like with the haylage stuff, they do such a good – like if you drop some off the tractor, like they'll be there to clean it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And that, that's one thing that drove Dad crazy was how much the calves – and cat or the cows were wasting yeah. you know you did put all that work into it uh-huh i mean then, they'll, okay so you have 10 hay rings and you put out 10 rolls of hay and you go back in five days or whatever maybe shorter you'll come back and they're still like the bottom quarter of that bale will be in that yeah. hay ring and they won't they touch it they ain't touch it because it, it, it ain't high quality they're I like guess. we want the new stuff i you, guess and you take the ring off of it uh-huh. and then all they do is they use it as a bale. go and lay down the castle go get in it bull little head which yeah, yeah it's sometimes in the worst idea if it's awful outside yeah. for the cat young mm-hmm. calves to lay on for it. sure but, yeah talk tell us a little bit about your bull situation lane was tell, lane was pretty excited to tell me about this well i mean it's just something I, I mean i've heard of go ahead i'll yeah. let you talk so uh We've always normally ran Black Angus. We just, so I don't know about y'all, if y'all's cows are registered, not, whatever. To me, the registered cows are a bunch of hoobla. But, I mean, everyone has their opinion. We do registered bulls because if you think, like, you know, y'all know this too, bull is half your herd, you know? exactly. Every single baby, half that baby is that bull. So if you got a good bull, man, you're going to have good calves. Yeah. We normally, we go up to Maples. Uh, That's where they come from, the Black Angus bulls. We'll get... We've, I think we've bought three from them. Yeah. Man, they're super uh, registered black Angus bulls, and we'll run them on our cows and stuff. But I got the idea, because uh, I've just been looking up, like, best cows and stuff like that, because I'm always interested. We run, like I was saying, majority black Angus. We have some that have some Beefmaster mm-hmm. and then some Hereford, stuff like that. But um, the Wagyu is always the, the top quality, because you see yeah. <laughs> at, like, a Japanese steakhouse, it'll be like this – Wagyu steak yeah. was like two hundred dollars. It's like what? Like what? Oh yeah. What is it at a gold or something? Yeah. I was skeptical, man. Does this like, thing man. feed itself? Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Like, but uh, like you take a bite out of your steak and then it just like reforms. Yeah, it replenishes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so Tron Meadows, who's one of my you know closest family friends, but uh, 
his father-in-law's name is Johnny, uh, lives across from this guy named Rob Whitesell. He's got Whitesell Farms over in Coleman County. Yeah. And uh, North Alabama Wagyu is his business. Shout out North Alabama Wagyu. Uh, <laughs> set me up with my bull. Y'all go visit Rob if y'all need any uh, Wagyu <laughs> beef. Or actually visit me if you want it 50-50. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so Tron had got us some steaks and brought them to their cabin out in Bell Green. And he was like, man, I want you to try this. Like, these are fantastic. So I'm like, going into it skeptical because I'm a, you know, Black yeah. Angus beef master, Hereford oh, kind of yeah. guy. I'm like, man, you can't get no better than a Black Angus. But I'm like, whatever. So... I get my fork out, my knife. He's like, you ain't going to need that knife. I'm like, shut up, <laughs> man. I cut it with a fork like butter. I was like, oh, my goodness. So from that moment when I tasted it, I was like, dude, I, I got to have it. I was like, you set, you tell me where you got this. I'm going to get one. So I started talking to Trey, my uh, business partner, about it. And I said, man, look, I'm going I, I'm going to go buy a bull. Like, if you Listen, want in whatever, on it, let's do it. Whatever, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. With, with or without you. I'm like, hey, going. we can split it or I'm doing it because I, I got to have it. So... <laughs> We went, I called Rob we had a, you know, 20, 30 minute talk. And he's like, this was back in, uh, maybe May. And he said, like, I don't have anything right now. Cause I don't want to sell you something. I wouldn't run on my own cows, which mm-hmm. right. I think that's really respectable. And I trust mm-hmm. that a lot. So he's like, but we're pulling some in August. So hit me up in August and come out and I'll have, you know, three or four for you to pick from. I said, yes, sir. So August came around and man, I, like August 1st, I'm sitting, I'm calling him. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> when are they ready? He's like, they'll be ready Friday. Can you come? I'm like, man, you just say the word. Tell me a time. Sp- spend the night in the parking lot yeah. Thursday night. <laughs> so uh, we pull in, man, I'm grinning ear to ear. I'm so excited. And uh, so we go up there and he's like, all right, I got three bulls and what he's called, they're F1. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, full blood Wagyu. And then they have what's called a black Wagyu and then a black and red Wagyu and mm-hmm. then a red Wagyu. One of them, he was two and a half years old. His name was, uh, I don't even know what his actual name was. It was Japanese. I couldn't pronounce it. So I said, man, we got to find a cool name. <laughs> Named him Tatsuo, means masculine okay. dragon. Nice. But um, he was the only one that was 100% uh, black Wagyu. So what he explained to me, Rob did, because I didn't know much about it. He's like, you know, the red ones are going to get bigger. But if you want the marbling and the meat quality, the black's going to be a little better. So I'm like, man, I, that's what I'm going for. Because I'm putting him on Angus cows. Like, mm-hmm. I want the highest marbling and best taste I can get. So You're, you're not worried necessarily with how big the bull right, gets. For sure, stuff for like sure. Because, and from y'all's experience too, I'm sure pulling calves sucks. Yeah. It is not fun. This is a side note. We had to pull three calves this year, which is more than we've had to pull in the past like yeah. four years. And it was miserable. One was dead, but the other ones lived. So that was a positive. But right. anyways, oh. Uh, so he's like, you know, this is, and he was the youngest bull. So I'm like, automatically, I'm like, that's the one I'm getting. So then he told me he was the full black. And I said, man, that's the one I want. So uh, we started talking about a price. And he's like, I'll do it for this. And uh, Johnny, Tron's father-in-law, pulled up. I said, oh, here's the guy that's got the money right here. <laughs> he's like, no, man. So anyways, we talked to Rob, got it worked out, uh, got him home. And man, I've never been more proud to have a bull like I think it's probably because I've never gone and bought a bull with my money. Yeah. Yeah. But when it was my bull, I was like, ooh, or half my bull. But yeah, see, like, there's been stuff on the farm where, like, stuff that I could, could care less about. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm, th- the reins have not been turned over, but Lane and I are getting more and more involved in this stuff. Yeah. And, like, I've never 
been excited about some stuff, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm like grinning from ear to ear, yeah. can't sleep one night. Yeah, when you put your own money into it, you care when a lot. When you got more. an iron in the fire, it oh, makes it like, a lot more interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. purchasing, purchasing the planter and stuff, like, hey, I get to plant that big field tomorrow that's uh-huh. square, not that one that looks like a snake that's, yep. you know, and I mean, it sounds crazy, and you know, it's probably us maturing too, and Lane, yeah. Lane, he loves cutting grass now, you know, I still hate cutting grass, but. Talk about like mowing or with a. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm talking about. about from you like going to Auburn, you know, and working yeah, on a turf yeah. crew, and you coming yeah. home and telling me how I'm cutting my grass wrong, how I yeah. need to do this and yeah. do that. No, my house is going to be ready soon. We're moving into, so I'm going to have that thing looking sharp. Oh, yeah, shout out Lane and Sarah and on the wedding. Excited yeah. for y'all guys. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm getting married in December, in case anyone didn't know. Me and Forrester are here single, so if y'all know anybody, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. How do you like your steak? Man, so. I'm gonna say this, and y'all are gonna y'all are gonna throw stuff at me. Until I got to the age where I really knew better, mm-hmm. my parents would always they had ordered it for me medium well. Yeah, so that's just okay. what I ordered. Same, same exact way. My, our grandmother would yes. not let us eat anything, and she wouldn't eat it either. And it was right. it was if your beef's undercooked, you're gonna get you know E. coli, salmonella. She yeah. she would order our steaks, and we could not get anything but uh-huh. medium well for sure. And. I was with one of my buddies, and uh, it might have been with Tron. It was somebody that, you know, was kind of like my older brother or whatever, but I was out not with my family or my parents, and uh, we were at a steakhouse, and I got it medium well, and he said, what are you doing? And I was like, (laughs) getting a steak. He's like, no, getting it medium well. I'm like, well, how do you get yours? He said, man, you got to get it medium or medium rare. So I said, okay, well, let me get medium. Still remember best steak that I had ever had to that moment in my life. And now I got, I fluctuate. It depends on the mood I'm in. Most of the time I go medium rare now, but yeah. I'll go medium occasionally. But yeah. man, that's the only way to get it. It's gotta, it's gotta move a little bit when you cut into it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? so. I, I, same exact thing. Like growing up, nothing but medium well. You know, mm-hmm. that's the way we got it. And then you know, as crazy as it sounds, like I got on my own. And then mm-hmm. like a friend, sure. a friend called me out. They're like, what are you doing? Well, like, you never know it's wrong until. Someone, yeah, exactly. But they're, sure. they're like, don't like, don't it's you not like wrong? Don't you like yeah. have cows and stuff? And I was, uh-huh. like, I was like, yeah, like they're like yeah. medium. Well, and I was like, uh, so then I dipped into the medium rare, mm-hmm. which is like my, my go-to. I would say that's my go-to. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll dabble into like a little bit more rare, mm-hmm. but it's depending on where you are. Like, okay. That's huge. There's, there's yes. a difference between like, a good quality steakhouse, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can, it's crazy, let loose a little bit more and go yeah. a little bit more rare. Yeah. But I wouldn't say do that at, you know, like some, yeah, some hole in the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's, I've and let loose a little yeah. bit. Thickness, I think, back to that is a lot to do with that too, because, you know, like steakhouses we have in here, I love O'Brien's. I think they make a great steak, but their steaks are thinner. So, yeah. you know, the more rare, medium rare you get it, you know, the more actual like blood is going to be in there right. because it's so thin. So it's harder to cook a thin steak less. Yeah. If you know what I, know, I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. So, I was eating with a friend and his family one time and his grandfather's like old school cow guy. You know, you know several of them probably, mm-hmm. but uh, he was ordering a steak and he's like, uh, she's like, how do you want it cooked? He's like, I want it to where I can put a bandaid on it and bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Like you could put a bandaid See, on it and bring it back to life. I, I'm not. I still. I still get all my steaks medium. I. I just have a trust issue. Yeah. And but you know, and something that I guess is more common in ground beef is really what you know the yeah. E. coli, salmonella. What they're afraid you're going to get is undercooked ground beef. 
Now, if you know me and if Nick listens to this or any of my <laughs> Auburn friends that were down there with me one time, I said, man, I'll jump on the grill. We uh, we had hamburgers and ended up having to put them back in the microwave. <laughs> this was, I think, our first year yeah. down there. Yeah. I'd undercooked them a little yeah. bit. But, you know, it's, especially with burgers, depending on how thick they are, the outside's going to char and then the inside's yeah. bleeding. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, so steak, I'm not as worried to eat a rare steak because, I mean – your chances are way less, but mm-hmm. hamburger meat, I, I like it to be Brown, well boy. cooked. Yeah. Yeah. I like well, it to be, uh, you know, dead, dead. Well, and so. like living on my own too and cooking a lot of my own meals, I like to think that I've almost built up a little bit of a tolerance because, you know, I'll, I'll cook stuff to temperature, but, you know, I like I like it to have a little bit of flavor in it still. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, like if somebody were to come over and eat, I'm going to cook it, make sure 100% of it's cooked. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because then you're dealing with somebody else's life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I like <laughs> to think that I built up a tolerance. And there was actually a local restaurant that I used to love that we're not going to talk about what it is, but there was a restaurant that I loved locally. And, you know, people had told me, they're like, look, you don't need to be eating that stuff. And, you know, I'd heard horror stories. And I was like, look, if, you know, everybody starts turning to zombies, this is the one thing I've got in my pocket is I, I've already been exposed to it yeah, and built yeah, up yeah. a tolerance. Well, I I had some chicken from there one time. Dad had it too. Dad went down before I did. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, look, dad's like, I don't think this tastes good. And I was like, look, that's part of it. Like you eat it and you're going to be fine. You can take a bullet after this and you'll be all right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I went down and I went down hard, <laughs> hard. And haven't, and haven't, we haven't been back since. Haven't nobody in the family's been back since. But oh, it, I don't want nothing to do with it. It took me out for a couple of days. Like I thought mm. I was on death's doorstep, but I finally resurrected and I was like, "No, we're not doing this again." Yep. Haven't been back since. So with the wagyu bull, do you have to like go out there in the pasture and massage it, and make sure Man, that the meat's soft. I've never. Uh, <laughs> I've never babied something as much as I do this bull, man. Like, you know, he's got a pond to drink out of, but that, to me, that, and it's not good enough for my yeah, bull. Yeah. I, I went out that there. purified water. I, man, I dug a water line, and I <laughs> we got a mini X, dug a water line. You got a Brita filter on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> everything but. Man, got a new trough out there, cleaned it up. And, man, I'm talking, if there gets hay in that trough, I'm going out there scooping out the hay. <laughs> it, it's, it's obsessive, but, I mean, when he's going to be, like I said, half of my – calves and i want to say hey these are 50 percent black wagyu and 50 mm-hmm. percent black angus i want you to be able to tell the difference so right. i'm gonna do everything i can for you to be like man that was fantastic yeah so, are you ai in any of your cows or are you yeah. just no straight? we haven't done that yet um yeah maybe one day but uh there's a lot that goes into that sometimes they right. don't take and yeah you know costly you get sometimes. the straws and they're they're expensive so i don't know if i ever want to do some uh I want to get to full-blooded Wagyu at some point, but yeah, yeah. I think if you, I think a lot of registered cows, uh, people that have registered cows, probably do that. Yeah, um, you know they already have a lot invested in every yeah. single cow. And Rob, uh, Rob does some AI on his heat man. He'll put his in like a petri dish, and he's really good. Like he's got people that know what they're doing, and they'll make yeah. exactly what he wants. And because uh, I was talking to him about it, and I think he did five, and three of them took so. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're expensive. So he's like, man, the two that didn't take, I was upset. But the three that did, I was happy. So yeah, well, I remember growing up like, so we have cows on our dad's side of the family, the operation that Lane and I work on. But also on my mom's side of the family, our grandfather, he had a bunch of registered like beef master type stuff. Mm-hmm. And they like granted dad's side was a more 
quantity type style where our grandfathers were a lot more quality like yeah. i mean yeah, every, like he would only sell them at beef master sales mm-hmm. yeah and stuff like and yeah. he, he would travel a lot in right, southeast and he, he got into the ai type stuff and I, I was too young to necessarily know what was going on and they were explaining it to me a little bit and the guy that he had out there they pulled out a straw and he knew exactly what cow he wanted bred to which one mm-hmm. And he was like, like a catalog. Yeah, exactly. Dude. But he uh he pulled out a straw and I was asking about it. He's like, that bull right there. And I was like, yeah. He's like, that bull died like ten years ago, or you know something yeah. crazy like that. But he still had keeping them on ice, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But was still breeding them and like he had one cow that had these traits and he was pairing them up with a bull that had these traits. Yep. And going back to like birth weight type <laughs> stuff we were talking about about calves breaching and things like that is you've got to. You want a bull that has good birth weight, but mm-hmm. then again, you don't want too high of a birth weight. You yeah, know, going back, problems. going back to Herefords, you know, sure. they they're known to have a couple of birth weight problems. Yeah, but you have a, a massive calf hit the yeah. ground, but then again, it's got to hit the ground alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't do no good if it come out. It ain't yeah, exactly. And horror stories, you know, yeah. being a part of them, you know, one coming out wrong, coming in, coming out backwards, mm-hmm. too big. A heifer's first calf, not knowing what to do. You know, I've heard stories of a heifer spitting out a calf, and as soon as it hit the ground, they took off running. They didn't know what oh, it was. Man, yes, they yeah. don't take it, and then you got a bottle-fed calf. Yeah. Oh, and it, the dude, stories about bottle-fed calves. We've fed got calves. one born on New Year's Day. The mom died in birth, so it's, yeah. I mean, it's pretty sad. But the calf is what? What is today? September nine months old. Y- y'all take a guess at how much he weighs. I'm guessing he's gonna be underweight. Oh, oh, severely. Mm, like I'd, 300 pounds. 432 pounds. I weighed him today. Yeah. And then we've got calves born in March that weigh 700 pounds. Yeah. And I mean, I, that's just... You You cannot... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, like what a mother does to her can't calf. can't replace it. You yeah, can't, you, you, yeah, you can try There's your no best, substitute. Yep. That's what I, There's no substitute <clears> for a mother <throat> taking care of her calf. As crazy as she may be, yep. not let you come anywhere near it. You cannot substitute And that. see, that calf could be perfectly healthy, but he'll never do what it could have done with its mother. Oh, yeah, and he's a, I mean, he's a bull calf, and name's Lucky because I called him yeah. Lucky that he lived. And, uh, you know, they're, they're like, when are you going to slaughter him? I'm like, I ain't. He, yeah. He's he's a, it's, he's it's, a lifer in the feedlot. Exactly. It's a, it's a hard thing yeah. to do. He's, he's got a connection to him. He's staying around. So That's well, usually what happens, yeah. man. Every day that I drive to work, that pasture right there at our shop, I look out there and I see Tyrese and Monique. I raise both of them. Mm-hmm. Tyrese is this little <laughs> black bull. And he, he st- he's still the runt of the group. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's several years old, but yep. he's hanging out there, never going to be a herd bull. I mean, yep. but he's just hanging out there doing his thing, living life. Yep. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's funny. Uh, how, like, what's the category for the animals that you name? Like, for us, I know every single bottle calf that we've raised has a name. And yeah. then sometimes, like, if uh, herd bulls have names. Not all the times, but sometimes. Yeah, so. We name our bulls, and like you said, bottle calves. Like I know, Dad bought us back when me and my sister were. I was might have been like eighth grade. He bought us some Holstein calves, and we just bottle yeah. fed them. That yeah. was super fun. A big responsibility though. Dad ended up taking care of them for yeah. the most time. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, we name our bulls, and really how that boils down is uh, Tron's son Parson. Mm-hmm. He's five, and he goes out there with us. And Parson, what's this one's name? We have a bull named SpongeBob. We have a bull named Ferdinand, and I don't remember what he named the other one. We don't. I just call him Big Boy because he's massive. Yeah. He's actually one that we raised off the farm, so he's just. I just call him Big Boy. And then 
Tatsuo, I didn't figure Parson could come up with anything Japanese. Tatsuo so is pretty cool. I, I named, like, yeah, so. I like unique names. Yeah. Talking about bulls being named, uh, when our grandfather passed away, I was in high school. Lane was in junior high. Yeah. But he had way more bulls than he needed. He he just loved having bulls, and he had a bull lot, you know, these big, massive bulls. And he had every single one of them named. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, hanging out with him and going out there with him, I knew their names. Well, a couple of months had gone by. And uh, so on paper, like on Microsoft Excel, there, there were numbers, their ear tags, but not their names. Mm-hmm. Well, so in some of his records, he would have their names. Some of their records, he would have their ear tag number. And uh, our uncle called me out there one day, and uh, he's like, I need your help. <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? And he, I got out there, and we were there were like a dozen bulls out there. And he's like, I've got these numbers, and I've got these names, and I don't know which one correlates to which. So like three or four of us grandkids got out there and started walking through these bulls, and they were like, okay, that one's name is uh, this, and this one's name is this. And we were writing numbers and trying to get them mixed up, mm-hmm. matched up. But yeah, like bulls, like you said, they're fifty percent of your herd, and yep. the majority of them have like a like a special place in your heart almost. Yeah. Like one that he had us growing up was like, I mean, pushing two thousand pounds. But you know, as long as there aren't any cows around or another bull, they're probably some of the calmest mm-hmm. ones in the herd. And he used to set us up there on their backs when we were little kids, yep. and he'd be just scratching them with a pocket knife, and they'd just yeah. be grazing. What was his name? Uh, how do you Paladin. Say? Paladin. Because yeah. yeah. I I put a thing on instagram because i had a little bull calf and i was like requesting names and lane sent me that one i didn't even put the post on there because i was like man i like that one i think i might go with that one <laughs> yeah. so that'd be when, cool. I, when i was a kid i had a mural of him painted in my bedroom yeah wall. no mural seriously wall. yeah yeah what uh do you know of any other names what's the uh name of the hereford bull down there uh at uncle's place uh i know one of them was Ferdinand, but I don't want to. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, it might have been. We don't. Ferdinand we don't have to. It, as soon as yeah. we get to work tomorrow, he'll tell us, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't yeah. remember that." But I just was, think it's funny. I think it's funny that people. Um, obviously, there's too many cows to name or to keep up with the mm-hmm. names, but uh, I think it's funny that people name their animals. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and they have personalities too. Yes, it's crazy, dude. We've gotten. Uh, so SpongeBob is out at my great aunt's place, and we've been trying to train him because we, man, and this is something I probably shouldn't have done, but Trey has got us into where we feed our calves treats and cows and yeah, calves, I've all seen. of them treats. Oh, no. And man, you want to talk about getting swarmed? It's like you're the candy man, yeah. and uh, you don't have a problem getting them caught though. No, so, and uh, that's the good thing. Majority of them are pretty calm. Yeah. Now we still have the wild ones that oh, yeah. just won't refuse to, you know, come up. And when they get in there, they act, they go wild. But we've got SpongeBob where he'll eat them off the ground. We'll throw them down on the ground. He'll eat them. And then Ferdinand is at our house, and man, he'll eat them out of your hand. He's he's yeah. crazy cool. So, and it's just if you if you treat them, it's just like with anybody. You know, you you kind of condition them and train them oh yeah and if you're gentle to them like they'll be gentle back for the yeah. most part now they're still animals and yeah cows are on the bottom of the food chain for a reason sometimes they're stupid but it's like they never mean harm and that's what i try to always remember is they're scared yeah. when you're messing with them yeah. they're, they're they're never trying to be mean for the most part they're just, they're trying they're to scared. just their as own. scared yes. as you if not yes. more yep and like talking about them like training them almost at our uncle's house we've got a herd 
And if we go out there to do anything to him, we let our uncle go out there by himself and mm-hmm. get him caught. Because it, as crazy as it sounds, they know who he is yes. and what he looks like, and what, what he, he sounds, drives. everything. Yep. But as soon as like Wayne or I step out uh-huh. the pasture, you see those ears come up and they get yep. you know big Start looking at you. And- right, but I mean, it's it's just about taking care of them. And if you take mm-hmm. care of them, they'll take care of you. Yeah, it's like uh, at my nana's house. We've got that's where I've set up my feed out facility. And I've got a pasture back there and a pond, and man, that diesel pulls in, yeah. silver diesel, and I pull in, man, they come running because they know I'm there to feed them. And it's good because it means that they're easy to be caught, and when I need them, they come up. So yeah. it's pretty good. It was crazy. Back when my grandfather was still alive, he would uh, he had a couple of different farms, and he would go to each one of them every day and check numbers by ear tags and make sure everybody was still up in the pasture. and no cow or calf had had any health issues mm-hmm. and uh he would he would feed them sweet feed pretty regularly i guess i don't i can't remember it's been so long ago yeah but um it would i mean he had them to the point to where he would pull up he would dump the feed in the trough and then he could go around and pet every single one mm-hmm. of them no problems never ever had a wild cow or calf over there uh, talking about Four that bull. i remember one time he pulled up and there was this massive like he his tailgate you know a cattle uh, a farm truck takes takes a lot of abuse, a lot oh, of abuse. Sure. So the tailgate was gone, had been gone. Well, he came up one day, and there was this huge dent in the back of the truck, like on the side, like on the top of the fender. And we were like, what happened? And he's like, one of those cows, you know, tried to jump in the bed of my truck. And I was like, you are crazy. Like, that's not going to happen. He's like, he's like, you want to bet? So, like, the next day I went out there with him. Well, he carried these, like, big blue tubs mm-hmm. that, like, uh, those, like, lick tubs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a like protein that. tub? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he would use those as feed tubs, and we still use them today, the, the blue tubs. But uh, we were driving across there, and he stopped, was messing with one of them. Well, they were crowding around his truck. One of them, like, got up and literally, like, jumped up and was on her front knees, like, on the side of his truck, on the top of the bed, just reaching over there, just eating. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, half the dents you see in a farm truck is not from you running into a cow, but them running into you. Yep. Yeah. Or kicking you. Get oh, the yeah. Truck. <laughs> that one kicked Dad's headlight not too long ago. Yeah. Man, I got two stories about uh, just wild cows real quick. Uh at my one of my it's my great uncle's place sweet man we run cows everywhere yeah. if you you know yeah. our family they got land like, hey y'all want to run cows man yeah so take them out there well me and dad were uh some calves that we were trying to wean and uh well they had gotten loose broke out like literally the chain broke off the panel it swung open i jumped out of the way because you know i got somewhat of a brain yeah. but dad is like man i'm i'm one guy there's five calves running at me i'm stopping them so he just gets in the way, and this is when my papa was still alive too. And uh, well, dad slipped down, and one jumped, and I'm talking, kicked him right in the side of the head. I thought it killed oh him. My. I was like, "Hold!" I was like, "My dad just died," and papa's like, "Go check on your dad." <laughs> well, I saw dad get up, and I could not stop laughing. I, after I knew he was okay, I was like, "Man, what were you thinking?" I was like, "Man, come on!" And he's always so, you know, even today, I'm 23. He's like, "Just now, be careful." I'm like, "Dad, I know," like yeah. you know, but. The one time, and it's like, this is the other story I was going to say. Um, have y'all seen Caleb Brooks, investigator? Yeah, heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, investigator at the Hartzell the police, police Department of Morgan County. Um, you know, he was just out working with his bulls or his cows, and his bull uh, got a hold of him and gorged him pretty good. And yeah. he had to have an intestine transplant and stuff. So, I mean, we've been praying for him mm-hmm. the whole time. But it's just important to remember that, you know, while they are, they can be friendly and most of the time are, 
they're still dangerous. Like yes. even if they don't yes. mean to, like that that bull. I don't know what happened with the situation, but he was probably scared and was just trying to protect himself. Yeah, and uh, you know they're they're wild animals. Yeah. Well, uh, even like some of the ones we've bottle raised, you know, once they get above a certain mm-hmm. size and they get playful, yeah. like they don't mean any harm by it. Sure. And they come up and like headbutt you in the leg, just being yeah. funny. And the next thing you know, you're on the ground. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're yeah. And then they're like, look at this little toy doll. I yeah, can I mean, flip around. It's, it's, they're faster than you think. And they're 10 times stronger than you think oh, they man. are. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they're so heavy. You don't realize how heavy they are. Oh, yeah. We were working some the other day, and one of them stepped on. I had my boots on. Thank goodness. Because mm-hmm. I've been, man, it's been so hot recently. I've been going in tennis shoes and shorts. Yeah. I never. I told my dad, I said, I will never look like that. And I've been doing it because it's hey, so hot. Hey, it's. Whatever to make it comfy. But, uh, man, she stepped on my foot. Didn't mean to at all. She wasn't being, you know, mean or anything. But she stepped on my foot. I fall down. And if she'd have kept coming, it would have hurt me bad. But she yeah. stopped, thank goodness. But, man, it would have yeah. cracked some ribs or something. I don't know. Uh, one more thing, but they were talking about it being dangerous. I remember I was climbing up some of our grain bins yesterday. They, I can't remember working on them. And it, dad was at the bottom, just, you know, like terrified. He's like, hold on to both hands. And I turned around. He's like, no, keep your eyes on the ladder, you know, like that. <laughs> yeah. And it reminded me, I remember being a little kid and dad was climbing the grain bins. And, you know, I was probably in like a booster seat or something in the truck. And he gave me his phone and he had already dialed nine one one, and he's like, he's like, as soon as he's like, if I fall before I hit the ground, I want you to hit the green button and tell him that I fell yeah. off a grain bin. <laughs> and I was like, just thinking about it, me being up there, and you know, he's just like terrified. You yeah. know, it's like him watching a horror movie. Yeah, he doesn't like climb heights this. at all. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like the roles are reversed. And uh-huh. like like I used to see you do the craziest stuff, and uh-huh. here I am. You know. But it's funny. But yeah, like what you're doing, I think it's amazing. And, you yeah. know, I think it's it, it must be a pretty good business or I would think it'd be a pretty good business because we've had several. The, the woman that gave Lane his COVID test found out that he had cows and she was like, I, I want a calf. Like, mm-hmm. Well, she had said uh, where she previous or where she still lives. She used to do the same thing with another local farmer. And uh, I guess he had passed away or quit doing it or whatever. So she was looking for somebody. Yeah, but it's, I think it's great. It, you know, it's a lot more sustainable than relying on, you know, this huge supply chain, you know, like with COVID, one thing goes and the whole thing goes. But. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, if I was somebody looking to buy beef, uh, it's cheaper, it's better quality, you know, exactly mm-hmm. where it's come from. You could come out, you know, you could look at it every so often, check up on your yeah, calf sure. that you're going to be sure. one day, you know. Yeah. And that's one thing uh-huh. that um, I actually was offering before COVID hit. And then now since COVID, I'm kind of just – not that is particularly I'm worried about it just for like, you know, my family members and stuff like mm-hmm. that, just to be safe. Like, uh, just want to keep everybody safe, but I'll still, man, you can come and check it out and yeah. look at your calf. I mean, it's crazy. You have that option to go look and see where your meat's coming from. Yeah. I know a lot of people have never experienced that in their lives. They, so. they don't want to. That's if, true. You, if you think about the stuff they're injecting at, you know, those big places, you probably don't want to go look yeah. at where it's coming yeah. from. Well, do y'all have like an Instagram page or anything going on where you can see what's going on? Yeah. So, uh, we have a Facebook page that we, uh, I started out as just like a, I guess a regular Facebook page. And then I yeah. figured out how to make it into a business page. So now I guess it's like two separate ones, but I get yeah. the notifications for both. Yeah. And then we have an Instagram too. And, uh, we don't have Twitter, but we have Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, just Flint Valley farms, man. We're just, so Flint Valley farms, give yep. them a follow or a like or 
just see what's going uh-huh. on and see if you'd be interested in something like that. You said y'all still had some slots available yes, for October. Mm-hmm. Yep, and their contacts there on both pages too. So yeah. yeah. And uh, if you mention that you heard them on the podcast, what kind of discount you get? <laughs> uh, you, you get a big handshake and a smile. Yeah, that's it. But no, that's awesome. And we, we actually may be getting in contact with you if we can't find somewhere to take one of our own calves. So. And I'll set yeah. y'all up. That's awesome. Yeah. But we appreciate you coming on. It was good to talk Thank to you. Thank y'all for having me. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah. It's It's been crazy. I, I feel like I haven't seen anybody in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. For sure. Which that's probably a good thing. Well, well, yeah, and it's it's us getting older too. Everybody's getting busy. Yeah, like yeah. we were talking about earlier, everybody's getting married, and having kids. So, yep. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. If you would like to, you could follow us over on Instagram at Between Two Rows Podcast. For us. and uh, Flint Valley Farms is that what yeah. you said? Yes, sir. Flint Valley on Facebook Farms. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Thank yep. y'all so much for letting me come on here, guys. It's been fun. Yep. No All problem. Right, we'll see y'all. All right. Peace.